What's up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I'm your host, Jack Vita. Today, for a special edition of the program, we have a fantastic guest joining us uh, with a background in sports, of course, and I'll let her speak about that, but also a reality TV veteran. She competed on the 15th season of Big Brother, where she finished sixth place, surviving 77 days in the Big Brother house, believe it or not. Um, she also ran the Amazing Race uh, back in 2019 with her sister, Rachel Riley. Rachel, of course, the Big Brother legend who competed on Big Brother twice and won her second time out there. But Alyssa did better than Rachel did on her first season of Big Brother. We welcome today Rachel's sister and Big Brother icon, Amazing Race veteran, Alyssa Riley Slater. Alyssa, welcome to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm so happy to be here with my friend Jack and your fellow female sports expert, Alyssa. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have my degree in sports management, so I love that we connect on all levels. Yes, absolutely. And your favorite sport is basketball, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a basketball girl. I actually like love basketball. And I love watching. I'm I'm fairly uh, a basketball connoisseur. I I know I I'm a little bit of an expert. <laughs> Who's winning the NBA Finals this year? Oh, uh, the Houston Rockets. Rockets. Yeah, you're a big Rockets girl. I am. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up in North Carolina, were you a Tar Heels fan, and were you a fan of any uh, professional teams as well? Oh, Tar Heel Nation all the way. I am a Carolina girl through and through. I I will say all things Charlotte are my favorite. So I do like the Charlotte Hornets, although they are not so good. <laughs> they need to <laughs> amp it up. I am telling you, Jack, Charlotte is a like pristine place to live. It is so beautiful. It's such a lovely area. There's so many beautiful suburbs right around Charlotte. It's very easily accessible. If you want to move to Charlotte, I will be your full guide. No. <laughs> um, so they need to get a progressive NBA team there. They need to like really invest in some, some top notch players. I mean, all these athletes like bust their butts. <laughs> they are they work so hard so anyone at that level they're amazing athletes regardless of how well the team does but they need to get those superstars in the key position so they can really get their team up and running because charlotte is such a bomb city and the panthers like i i actually haven't been following the panthers this year but not a good year to follow them okay so <laughs> yeah, I, I guess i'm not really missing out <laughs> They finished with the worst record in the league and they traded the draft pick last year to draft to move up to draft Bryce Young. So that means that they're giving away the number one pick in the draft to the Chicago Bears this year. Yeah. The yeah. first pick I in mean, the draft. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I know. Uh, Carolina, our, our teams need to step it up. You know, and the Raiders are doing so well. So I'm like, how is a new team doing so well? And especially in Las Vegas, like, which is such a, it, it is such a, um epic addition to Las Vegas that they're adding all these sports teams. I heard that they might get an NBA team also. I would love it if 
Charlotte got a major league baseball team. Then I'd be out there. I could cover that team. Yeah, we have minor league there and it's very, very popular. I think they do training seasons there also, but we should get a major league baseball team in Charlotte because it is, it's such a beautiful place to live. I'm a Carolina girl. I love my home state. I I love Charlotte. I love Carolina in general. It's just so perfect. It's a perfect place to live. And I've been all over the world. It's my favorite. So, one way that I'm sure we probably have some people tuning in who are sports fans and they might not have seen you on Big Brother, but I imagine they have seen a GIF of you, one of the most used GIFs on the internet still. And the year 2024 is a GIF, and I'll pro- I'll include it here on the on our uh, JackVita.com page. You can see it, um, but there's an iconic GIF of Alyssa drinking something and having a spit take when she starts laughing. Uh, was that surprising to see how big that clip of you got? Um, I think it was, I should have capitalized on it more. That's just my only <laughs> thing. I, I should, when it started going so viral, I think it was like the top gift used ever. Like one of the top that, and there was a Michael Jordan one and it was like on par with how many times it had like. 3 billion downloads and 3 billion uses, something along those lines. So I should have capitalized on it. I'm not surprised because look at this face. No, I'm I'm, I am, I am a funny girl. So I think that it was a perfect gift and it was so raw and real that I think that's why everyone loved it so much. What prompted it? Why, what, why did you spit take like that? Oh gosh. Okay. So I was on season 15 of Big Brother and um, you guys, I haven't had my coffee this morning, so I don't know if you already said that or not. I have 95 things going on right now. Okay. So um, I was on season 15 of Big Brother and I became a very targeted player because my sister is the legend herself, Rachel Riley. And she has uh, just like, she's so notable in big brother history that when people in the house found out that Rachel was my sister and that I didn't come out and just tell them originally, I became public enemy number one. And I think that if I had told them originally, I would have still been public enemy number one. I would have been the target from day one rather than that me actually getting to have like a little bit of time to get to know people as myself rather than a former player's younger sister. So I was public enemy number one and they wanted me out of the house. So one of my biggest um, rivals in Big Brother was a girl named Amanda. And Amanda is really in your face. So, and I, I mean, I'm, I'm super competitive. I'm highly competitive. I did not really know what I was doing on my first season of Big Brother because although that my sister was on the show, I was not, um, I was, I'm not a TV person. I love reality TV and I love filming it. And I love like giving the DRs and like going in there and having fun, but I'm not somebody who watches a lot of TV. So I wasn't as familiar with the game, which I think also was beneficial to my game. So Amanda really was like, she, um, 
thought she was controlling the house, but really I was. <laughs> I won MVP every week and America's favorite house guest or an America's favorite player every week. So I always got to put up a nominee along with HOH. So Amanda was so mad that this one week I wouldn't let her control my nominees. So I I really wanted Aaron was my target who I wanted out of the house because her and I were also like number one rivals. And um, so um, because I wanted Aaron out of the house and Amanda and Aaron were allies, I knew that if I didn't put Amanda or her boyfriend on the block, then one of them would have taken Aaron off the block. So I thought my best solution was to backdoor Aaron because then there was no way that um, Aaron would not be sent home. So I put Amanda and McCray, her showmance, up on the block and um, obviously started a uh, <laughs> a wildfire within the house <laughs> between Amanda and I. And um, it was a great strategy because then I had a little bit more leeway in the house, a little bit more room to negotiate because they were so desperate to get off the block. So Amanda and McCurry weren't even my targets. Everyone in the house was on board for whoever won power of veto. We were going to take Amanda and McCray off the block and backdoor Aaron. So um, Amanda, one day I was in the kitchen. This is, this is how the epic gift came about. So I was in the kitchen talking to Jean Marie and we were strategizing about how we were getting Aaron out. And Amanda thought that she really was our target and our target was not Aaron. So um, she heard Jean Marie and I talking and we, I think we were talking about her <laughs> to be fair. I don't know if we were, I don't even remember what we were talking about but as she came in and she's like, I know you guys are talking about me. And I just like, the look on her face and just how she stared us just dead in the eyes and was just like so frazzled. I mean, Amanda, if you've ever seen, she was the poster child of frazzled. Like if you see this girl in the house, like she was just a hot frazzled mess, like just running around the house, um, just couldn't, could not keep it together. Just everything with her was like falling apart. She was blowing up her spot. So Amanda came in there and said, I know you guys are talking about me and I just lost it. So that's how the epic gift came about. I was drinking something. I was having a conversation with Queen Marie about backdooring Aaron and Amanda came in and, and I think that is what we were talking about. We were talking about backdooring Aaron and, um, but Amanda thought we were talking about her and it was just so funny. <laughs> it was a great spit take. Um, yeah. Do you ever, let me ask you this. I mean, it, that stuff just got really crazy there and you were on a very crazy season, the big brother. Do you ever have nightmares where you're back in the big brother house? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, you know what? I actually think that I don't even have nightmares about it because it really was a good experience. It's really hard to be in that house for so long. And it definitely is something that, 
oh my gosh, it takes a lot out of you. But it was a good experience and I would do it again. So I don't really have nightmares about it. Um, yeah, I don't. I I was in a lot of pain after the show from being in the have not room and having to sleep on airplane seats for several months. <laughs> so um, I had like a severe uh Periformis injury from sleeping on those airplane seats. So that is one thing. But um, as far as being in the house, I don't know. It it's so fun. And if I did it, I would do it again. Um and I would just have fun with it and just like, you know, live in the moment, try to win every competition I can because those competitions are really what I should have been there for, but I I wasn't familiar with the game. So um, yeah. Alyssa's a good athlete. I've seen her play tennis. She's she's athletic. That's right. I am. Watch out. <laughs> Both you and Rachel, I think you guys have really good hand-eye coordination and you guys have like the competitive it factor, like that killer instinct to win. Yeah, oh, we do. We want to win. I like it just blazes in me every day. I'm like I can't I can't, you know, no loser in this girl. That's for sure. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm fiery. So is Rachel. Rachel's so quick. She just is like, like, I think I learned at an early age that I need to stop and think about things that I do and say before I proceed. Um, and I did learn that because um, I used to be a little bit quicker, like with responses and what, what I would say and do, but I learned like that I need to step back, think about what I say before I say it. Um, cause your, your words have the power of life and death, right? Life and death within the tongue. So you have to control your mouth. And, um, Rachel on the other hand is a little bit like, she still censors what she says, but she is just quick. She is so quick. When you, if you ask her questions, she'll think of like a fairly intelligent response within less than a second. So she just is, yeah, she's Rachel has got the it, the it factor also. So, <laughs> Well, in the competitions, you guys both did well. And you mentioned that you would play again. Have you, has that opportunity presented itself to you yet? No, you know what? They've asked me about the challenge twice, um, which that's something else. Like, I don't know. I mean, that seems a little like there's like Big Brother and then there's the challenge and the challenge is like, mm, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but Big Brother, no, they have not. And um, yeah, no. So why did you pass on the challenge? Well, the first season I was, I think I had a job, like a nursing job. And I was like, I need to know like what my pay rate is going to be. And I need like, so I set a deadline with them and they basically told me they couldn't tell me with it by the certain date. And so I was like, well, if you can't tell me by the certain date, I can't do it. And they didn't. So I was like, I can't do this. And then the second time, I think that... They wanted, um, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. I don't know. Uh, the second time it was, I think like a casting thing. Like they wanted certain people and then, uh, some of us weren't available. And so they wanted us like all together. 
Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Where I've heard about that before on shows where it's like they have different alternative casts. They'll go in different directions if a couple people are out or whatever. So, okay. So you didn't end up doing that, but you would play Big Brother again, given the chance. Yeah, I would. I would do it if they asked. Um, how about traitors? Would you want to play traitors? Oh, I really want to play traitors. I want to be the traitor. I want to be <laughs> a traitor and like, see, okay. So I've had this discussion with many of the traitors house guests, particularly Cody. Cody was really struggling with being a traitor. And that kind of shocks me because I feel like Cody is such a cutthroat player and he always wants to win. And I just like, I was, I'm surprised that Cody had such a problem being a traitor. Um, like the whole season of big brother. I'm like, you were literally a traitor. Like you backstopped everybody. You knew like <laughs> the whole entire season. So um, I think completely opposite. I think that being a traitor on the traders would be so easy because you know, from the get go, that's your job. Your job going in there is to literally kill off every person to get to the end. And I think that if you know that, like, that's just like, you're playing a part, like that's what you're doing. And I think I could do it. I think I would not feel bad at all because it's like, that's what I'm there for is to be like, you know, hide the fact that I'm a traitor. And rather than like, you're making different alliances with different people, it's like, you know, from the get go, that's your job. You're like this with every single person. And um, yeah, so I think I could be a traitor for sure. And I like the, those challenges are really interesting. Um, the storylines are good. I think that I love the filming, the cinematic effects. It's just really epic. I think that they really put a lot into um, what they're doing. So, yeah. Season two of The Traders is now airing on Peacock. You guys can check out our bi-weekly recaps. Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick from season one and, of course, from Survivor. We're going to be breaking down this show every other week. You guys won't want to miss it. Subscribe to the Jack Vita show so you don't miss out. Where do I subscribe? <laughs> <laughs> YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcast, hit subscribe. Um, Alyssa, tell me your casting story. How did you end up on Big Brother? I ended up on Big Brother because my sister was like, you need to do Big Brother. And I thought... Um, what is Big Brother? You know, I had seen Big Brother. I just was not, and it, I, I will say that I was a fan of the show, but I wasn't, I didn't watch a lot of TV. So when Rachel suggested that I do Big Brother, she uh, connected me with Robin and um, I talked to Robin and I guess Robin thought like, yeah, you'd be really good on the show. And then I had another casting director who like did my entire process with me. Um, and I went through the whole process, like did all of the interviews. I, I met with the execs. I 
went, they flew me out to LA. I stayed in just like the Sheridan where they make us all stay and um, went in a room with like everybody. Oh my gosh. I remember Chris Roach was literally like sleeping in my interview. And I was like, I think he did it on purpose to be, to like (laughs) annoy me or see what I would say. And I didn't say anything, but now I'm like, I know he, because I know Chris and he's a funny guy, but he also is an amazing producer. So he was definitely trying to spark a response out of me, like trying to get me to like, you know, go in on him. Like, you need to wake up. This is my interview. Um, But um, so I would definitely handle him a lot differently now. If I now knowing what I know, but since I was a newbie with this whole reality TV thing, I'm like, why is this guy like passed out? (laughs) in my interview so and it was like a whole room of people so but he was to be fair he wasn't sleeping after I started talking he was like sleeping the whole time like the whole like from the minute I walked in like I think he would wake up sometimes and then I'm like okay (laughs) so but it didn't distract me I was still having fun and still like you know, we had some good banter, went back and forth. They they knew that Rachel and I were just competitive. We want to win. I was there to win. And uh, yeah, so I think that's why they cast me. So when you go on Big Brother, you're yeah. cut off from society. You don't know what's going on in the in the real world, the outside world. You have no phones, no contact with your family. When yeah. you come out of the house, what's it like? Is it information overload when you're finding out what has happened in the world over the past few months do you have memories of oh my gosh that's surprising can't believe that happened yes it is wild when you get out of the house because you've been cut off for three months and everyone feels like you haven't because they've been watching you 24 7 they can watch you on the feeds and they watch you on tv so they feel still completely connected to you but you feel completely disconnected so everyone's like bombarding you just like like they saw you yesterday and you feel like oh my god it's very overwhelming it is a really crazy feeling. Um, for me, I really, it took me probably about a month to like get back into like, okay, like this is my family. Like they're not like, because even when you don't see your family for that long and they're just like, they feel so close to you still. Like you're like, we need to like reestablish connections and like, yeah, it is a bizarre feeling with your friends and they're just like, blah, 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 blah. Did you see what they did? And they, and you're like, no, I didn't see the show. You guys are watching the show. I have no idea what, what happened. And then you also feel like, I don't know if you're ready to see what happens, you know, like you feel like it took me a long time to want to watch my season because you do have to take a minute to just process everything. And, um, to just comprehend the what you've just been through the process of living with complete strangers for three months because ultimately they become your comfort zone so those people are who you feel bonded with after three months with them for 24 7 which is why i think that they've had such successful marriages coming out of big brother it's really bizarre it really is a wild wild experiment and i think like they need to focus on dating shows because <laughs> robin made some really successful marriages i mean we have swag Maggie and Bailey with 
their two children, Rachel and Brendan, they've been married 15 years with two children and like going strong, Jess and Cody, who are so cute, uh, Danny and Dominic, like everybody's just in love and happy from that experiment. So it's like, I wonder if it's the dynamic structure that she cast together, or if it's just like that three months of being with those people is just really so intense that you just feel so bonded to them. But I remember feeling like, like Judd and I were really close on my season and we had so much fun together and laughed all the time. And I feel like, um, like he was like my best friend. And so not seeing people when you leave the house is just really, it's weird. It is weird. I remember that distinctively, like people coming up to you and hugging you and like, just like talking to you about so many things that you have no idea what happened. It's weird. It's really weird. What was it like watching it for the first time? Did they give it to you on DVD? Because keep in mind, 2013, there is no Paramount Plus. How are you watching this thing? And what was it like for you to see it? I mean, one of the things I think would be, I feel like I'd be a little anxious to watch myself on TV because I like cringe, like watching my own podcasts. I don't like watching myself. And then to throw in the factor of confessionals where people are slamming you, is that difficult? Um. I knew that I was public enemy number one on my season. I was targeted from really the minute that they found out that Rachel was my sister. Um, So I don't necessarily think I was shocked to hear what my house guest said about me, particularly because I am very thick skinned and I know who I am and I really not like you ever like to hear bad things about yourself or people talking about you in a negative light. However, I feel very comfortable with the person I am and I know who I am. So I don't really think that it penetrates me. Like it doesn't, yeah, it hits me, but I don't think I internalize the things that they said. Um, So I wasn't, shocked at all. And the other people were so shocked for me that I think that that support really helped because even though it didn't, I felt it in the house, I felt how much they didn't like me. And I felt that I was always the target. So when you feel that to hear it, it's not shocking. So I think that that's really the thing. And almost like it feels worse, like feeling it than hearing it. I think because I like when they said the things like people were like, Oh, did you hear like what so-and-so said? And, um, I mean, my friends and family to this day won't like, can't do not like anyone. Most of the people from my season, like if I talk about them, talk to them, they're like, how can you talk to them? Like, I'm like, guys, it's been 10 years. Like I'm fine. Really? Like I, it's not like I am going to be, you know, have a brother sister relationship with some of them, but I can be cordial and get over what was said. And, but yeah, I have, my family still will be like, did you hear that? That was disgusting. Like the things that he said was so gross. Like my mom particularly is like, ew, she just (laughs) can't. If I say anything about certain people for my season, she just is like, no, 
absolutely not. I don't want to hear about them. Don't talk about them in my house. Don't talk about them to me. So I feel like they kind of, the people that love you have a harder time dealing with it than you actually do. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I I don't know how I watched my seasons. I forget. I mean, I thought that we had, I thought they had it online then, but maybe not. I don't know. You know what? You know how I watched it? I think it was Tebow. I think it was somebody Tebow told me. Okay. Yeah. So you recorded the whole thing. And yeah. just watched it. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. How do you think Big Brother has changed since the time you were on the show 10 years ago to now? Oh my gosh. It's night and day. It's so spammy. <laughs> it's like, um, so Instagram famous people, um, everyone's monitored. Everyone is completely cen- censoring themselves because they don't want to be disliked. And I don't like that. I think that the strategy is lacking because, um, nobody's like, nobody is being cut throat. It's just so, um, it's yeah, it's just not, um, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't like the dynamic that it's taken. I think it's taken a turn for really a more scripted rather than the raw realness of big brother. Like back when from my season, it was so raw, it was so real. Nobody was really afraid. I think that my season really changed it. Like, okay. Our season had so much publicity. It really did. And then 16 was after us. And our season like brought so much attention to Big Brother. And so 16, I think then with Frankie gave it like the added boost of like of sustainability. But so I think 16 was kind of like a little bit more airy and friendly and still had that strategy factor. Derek is amazing. He just is such a strategic player. I... I could not believe Derek's game because I couldn't believe like he was so outright swindling everyone. And they just like, were like, Oh, Derek, like he's, he would never lie, you know? And, um, between him and Cody, they just dominated the house. And Frankie was like a, a, a competition beast. So I think that their season had a little bit of strategy because Derek was like more of a strategic, just, totally like meant for big brother, just complete strategy, knew how to manipulate people knew how to get everybody on his side. He was a great all around player after 16. I don't think we've had that strategy anymore. I don't think that I think 15 was more like raw, real, real gameplay, real strategy, real rawness. 16 was like not really raw. It was very light, airy, um, had a lot of strategy. But then after 16, I don't think we've had any true competition. Like, what would people think nowadays from <laughs> nowadays? <laughs> what would people think now if somebody like Dr. Will came on and was like, I hate all of you. You're just, you just all suck. You're all terrible. Um, I can't think of who I hate more. That's it is such an epic moment in Big Brother history to be like, I hate these people. And it's so relatable because that's truly how you feel. Like I don't like any of them. Like, and you feel like that all the time. You're like living in a house with these people and you feel so close to them, but you're like, I don't like any of these people. And you're thinking like you truly can't decide. 
who you don't like more because you don't like any of them. And it's true. And even sometimes you feel like that outside of the house, like everyone pretends they everyone's kosher and everybody likes each other and it's all good. But really, it's not all good. It's like they still nobody likes each other unless you have the group that really does like each other. So like Janelle, Rachel, and I, I feel like we really like each other. And there are so many other Big Brother players that I like. I just am not close to. But there are some that I'm like, I don't like them. I will never like them. We will never be friends. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to go to events with them. Like I have no interest in them at all. So um, yeah, I think that they need to bring back the strategic players or just do, you know, all-star seasons constantly because you know what? And even Brittany on that reindeer games was like, I hate all these people. And she was getting so much hate online for saying, I hate these people. So Social media has changed everything. Everyone's sort of, you're saying, everyone's kind of playing for social media. They want to get the most amount of followers, the most amount of influencer deals, starting their own podcast, building a brand, selling t-shirts or whatever it is. That's kind of the game they're playing rather than trying to win Big Brother. Yeah, exactly. Yes, absolutely. Right. They have... They have their strategy. They have an agenda going into the house of what they want to do. I think even the villains now have an agenda of what they want to do. They know they want to be the villain. They know they want to stir the pot. They want to cause controversy. And they have a plan of what they're going to do. So it doesn't even come off as a raw villain, like somebody that you just like want to hate because it seems just so planned. It's like the Bachelor, bad editing villains, like where you know, like, okay, girl, calm down. We know you don't really think that or say things like that, but. Yeah. Do you think that, so then, and then how, what factor do you think the live feeds play in that? Where if it was, do you think it would be different if it was a, okay, you get your one or three hours a week of content, there are three episodes and that's it. There are no live feeds. So then the show can take whatever moments and they're going to maybe cut out some things that aren't really relevant to the story. Um, Do you think that the live feeds and the factor of, wow, people are watching me 24 seven. They hear every single conversation I have for three months. Mm -hmm. Um, What factor do you think that plays in censoring them, if at all? I think people definitely censor themselves now. Um, Nobody wants to say something that's going to take their job away or ruin their lives, obviously. But like for me, I wasn't even familiar with the live feeds. Like I'm like, I just don't talk like that. Like I don't say things like that or think things like that. I think like, so that is something that is interesting because yeah, you don't really know who the real people are anymore because I think if you found raw people that didn't know the show like me, like you would find like real people to root for and real people to hate because I truly didn't even know that like, I was like, well, I know we're being filmed, but I didn't really know. Like I had no idea when the live feeds turned on, like everyone in the house knew, but I didn't know. Rachel really did not bet me. It's just like, if you don't think those things and it's not like a thing, if you don't say inappropriate things, although you think I have a potty mouth. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I do sometimes. Um, (laughs) I didn't say that. 
just give you friendly reminders from time to time. Yeah. Um, it's only when I'm competing. It's when yeah. I'm doing sports. I get very competitive and it's like they just flow, but not like horrible things. <laughs> I don't say right. bad. No. Yeah. I mean, just I a don't... couple of bad words every now and then a couple expletives. Yeah, exactly. So if I'm losing out of frustration, yeah. If I hit a bad shot, you're going to hear about it. Yeah, um, nice. But inappropriate, offensive things, it just, yeah, it would be, I don't know. Do we want to see people that say things like that? It's like, how how far do people want to go? Like, the network also knows it's like ruining people's lives. If they cast people that say things that are inappropriate, that are offensive. So, I don't know. It's a, it's a, uh, Definitely a juxtaposition of thoughts that do we want to see it? Do we not? Because I think people want to see the controversy. I think that people want to hear the people's opinions that, you know, they're saying what there are some people that think that way. So, yeah, I'm just curious. I'm not, and I'm not talking about things that are truly offensive or insensitive or racist or what what have you i'm just curious if that factor of okay they're gonna hear everything single thing that i say if that just naturally you want to be close to the vest with your words in general and if that takes away from some of that confrontational stuff of someone saying like you know what i really would like to call out this person but i don't want everyone watching it on the live feeds and freaking out about it or taking out a context or posting the clip on Twitter without the full context or anything like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that they, yeah, I, I think that people definitely are censoring themselves when they're on reality TV. Now, I think that, um, you know what? Some of those Bravo people are more outright, like, offensive. And they're bringing it. They're bringing it. They're getting paid the big bucks. They don't care yeah. if they never get a job again. They're so <laughs> And I agree. I think if they were paying people more, they would get more controversy. Because that's kind of even, like, I don't know, like, my thought for the challenge, I'm like, like if you are paying me enough, like, okay, I don't mind having a couple arguments with people or whatever you need to hear, hear from me. But if like, you're not getting paid for it, you know, then yeah, like you don't, you got to have a job after the show. So you have to be sensitive about the things, the fights that you pick. And obviously I don't, I don't have, I feel like very controversial I'm kind of a, I mean, I say what I mean and I mean what I say, but yeah, I'm, I'm not somebody who thinks things that are, are offensive. So it's not like that's something I have to worry about. I don't really need to censor myself, like maybe not liking people and wanting to tell them or have like a, like confrontation. Maybe I would censor especially for my season because I didn't like a lot of them, but I don't think I censored it. I would just like not talk to them. And I, if they came and talked to me, I'd walk away, which made them even more mad, like rather than getting in their face and starting an argument. Well, that's how that's your personality. Like you're, you're just a, you're a very calm person 
you're kind of, I think you're, like you're saying, you're thoughtful with what words you use. You don't yeah. just kind of like explode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when you're talking about controversy, you're saying you want to see the confrontation, you want to see the drama. And that's, um, I think what, I kind of feel like it'd be great to see reality TV hit the reset button a little bit and just cast people. How interesting would it be if you had a Big Brother season of people who have never seen Big Brother before? I think right now, everybody who's playing Big Brother and Survivor, there are a lot of super fans, and that's great. I'm glad you guys are lifelong fans of the show. I'm glad you know, you're living out your dream and you're getting to play a show that you've been a fan of for a really long time. Yeah. I just think it'd be more interesting if you cast people who had not seen the show because that was part of the draw of when you watch those early seasons is yeah. people didn't know how to play. And I think when you watch people who don't know how to play, it often makes for better TV. I agree completely. And people start to study those competitions so much. And so I would like to see like who could just like naturally win the competitions. And um, the only thing that I think and even the like, even if you did cast people that weren't familiar with the game, the mental comps, like where they're like, how many balls were in the fireplace? Those are things that I didn't know to look out for. So I always, I feel like I did not do well on the um, mental comps because I was always like, oh man, I didn't even know I needed to count that. Or like <laughs> people were remembering dates all the time. And Rachel did not bet me. She literally did not bet me. I'm like, how could What you did she tell you before you went out there? Nothing. What she, what she she didn't nothing. Tell me anything. nothing. Literally. Like, go, go be on this show. Literally, I knew nothing. And then, okay, so... I mean, I'm very, I'm a very active person. So when we were in that hotel room for sequester and they give you the DVDs to watch. So you like study the show. I was in there working out the whole time. I was like, I'm not sitting and watching TV. Like I'm trying to work out. So I literally worked out 24 seven. I can't, I'm somebody that like can't sit and watch a movie or like, unless I really want to see it. So yeah, it was um, definitely I was not prepared, but it would be nice to see a season. I would like to see either an all-star season where everybody's on the same level or a season, yes, where they aren't super fans and nobody knows the game. That would be interesting to see. What was the hardest part about being in the house for 77 days? The hardest part, were we only in there 77 days? You were there for 77. Oh, okay. I was like, I and thought then you were in the jury house longer than that. Yeah. Um, I know 77 days, my lucky number. Um, the hardest part about being in the house, definitely being away from my family, my baby. I Riley was little, that was horrible. So that was the worst for sure. And by the way, you should give an update on Riley now and what he's up to. How old is he? What's he doing? I'm sure the listeners would be happy to hear. Aw, my baby. He is a superstar. He got a scholarship to college for basketball. And he's a point guard and a shooting guard. He's amazing. And actually, this year he's thinking he might move to North Carolina and hopefully play D1 is his goal. So that's, um, that's the plan for right now. And yeah, I'm just so proud of him. He is just a wonderful, wonderful son. And I can't wait to see the big things that God has in store for him. 
Take me through a typical day in the life in the Big Brother house. Like, how are you passing that time? How do you avoid getting bored? Do you sleep more than you normally do? Do you eat more than you normally do? Do you exercise more than you normally do? What's that like? Oh, gosh. Um, a typical day in the Big Brother house. A typical day in the Big Brother house. You try to sleep as long as you can, but typically they wake us up at like 8 a.m. because they need content for their show. So um, we had like a rotation, like Judd and Amanda and McCray would always stay up really late, probably till 3 or 4 a.m. And then they would let them sleep a little bit longer. But Helen and I would go to bed at like 11 or 12. And then they would always wake me up every day at like 3 a.m. to do my DRs. So they would wake me up in the middle of the night to do my DRs and then wake us up at 8 a.m. And we would wake up, make breakfast, go work out in the backyard, talk, strategize. I know, what do you do all day being locked in a house all day for that long? I mean, seriously, we talk to each other, <clears throat> put makeup on, <laughs> did, our, did our hair and makeup, even though we had nowhere to go. Um, <laughs> anything to pass the time, really. So you mentioned the have-not room. Yeah. How much time did you spend in there? And what was that? I mean, what were you eating in the have not room? Like, were you eating slop? And what's slop in the first place? The place was designed like a, a an airplane. Tell me about life in the have not room. Yeah. So in the have not room, ours was an airplane. And um, it's was really uncomfortable. We actually had to sleep in the airplane seats and they made us sleep in there. So we could not go and sleep on the floor or sleep in a different room or like pad the airplane seats. They wanted us to be miserable. So the have not room was really uncomfortable. It was cold. They kept our room colder than all the other rooms. So it was freezing in there. I don't, I don't know. Did we have blankets? Maybe like one blank. I don't even know. I don't think we had blankets. I think that's part of the have not that you don't have blankets um, on top of the fact that you had to take cold showers. So we had to take cold showers, like actually freezing cold showers every day. You cannot take warm showers. And um, my hair looked really shiny and good though, because <laughs> the cold shower seals your ends. Um, but the have not room was really miserable, really uncomfortable. My hip was hurting so bad because the airplane seat and the handle would just like stick into my side the entire night. So it was not fun at all. But the beds aren't very comfortable either unless you're HOH. The beds were literally, I think, double beds, not even queen, double beds. And you had to sleep with somebody. So we had two people to each bed, double beds. It's so weird. So... I think I had heard that there's only there's only one book you're allowed to bring into the Big Brother house, right? Yeah, the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. Did you read? Did you spend a good amount of time reading God's Word while you're in the house? Oh yeah, I read the Bible every day. I mean, I usually read the Bible every day outside of the game, but um, yeah, I I read the Bible every day regardless. So yeah, definitely helped me. I felt such. God's presence the whole time I was in the house. I really felt like he guided the things that I did, the people that I formed relationships with. Um, 
I really feel like he like, sparked my wisdom because I was closed off from the world and could really focus on him. It's really interesting what you find when you do block out the outside noise and just focus on your relationship with Jesus. So it was, yeah, it was really special. Yeah, that's one thing I think that I would really enjoy about being on Big Brother is kind of blocking out a lot of the distractions. No social media, no smartphones. And I feel like it would kind of like rewire the patterns of my brain in some ways and help me to to be more focused when I'm in God's word and pray more deeply um, and just kind of be in that situation where I'm a lot of things that I'm comfortable with are removed from me. And now I have to rely on God in this uncomfortable situation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was, it was really, really, really interesting. And yeah, I feel like that was one of the closest times I was to God, just knowing that I really felt his presence. Like you feel such an overwhelming presence of Jesus in the house. So, I mean, not everyone probably, but (laughs) I did. Yeah. Were there other people that you noticed were reading the Bible a lot or you were having conversations about the Bible with? I know Howard read the Bible all the time also, and he would always like lead prayer. And so that was nice and fun. Howard would always, Howard always pray with you guys. Yeah. Yeah, he would. He was definitely a a good Christian leader in the house. So, yeah. One of my favorite moments from any season of Big Brother is when Howard decides that he wants to learn some yoga and they do the little scene of you guys doing yoga together. That was hilarious. That was great. Yeah, that was so fun. I know. And, you know, I work with athletes, so it is interesting. It's so fun when you work with like these huge athletes and they literally can't touch their toes because they're so, (laughs) their muscles are just so big and so tight and um, they really need it. And Howard really needed it. But it, you think that these poses are so easy until you get into them and they are so challenging. And, um, particularly for athletes that have such um, impact, you impact exercises, which shortens your muscle fibers and makes them stronger. And they have such big muscles. They really need that elongation and the length in their bodies. And um, yeah, it's really, really beneficial. So that was fun. So you mentioned that you have worked with athletes. You don't have to name any names. But what specifically do you focus on when working with athletes? So I focus on sports performance. So anything that is going to enhance their performance. So a lot of shoulders, shoulder openers, because that's really important. A lot of hamstrings, hip flexibility is really important. Um, But you have to strategically plan your flexibility exercises with your plow metrics and your um and when you're doing strength training because it's really important that um they maintain integrity in their musculature so i i think planning around their other workouts is really one of the top things that i try to do because you you have to be very strategic with when these guys are doing flexibility exercises because they are like at risk of 
pulling muscles. So you have to be really careful and really thoughtful. And I plan, plan, plan when I'm working with athletes. And it takes probably like, I would say, I really, I really think and plan before I'm working with an athlete, particularly if they're professional. I need to know what their other workout schedule is, when their games are. I need to know every single detail so I can make sure that I keep them safe because that is my number one priority, really number one priority. I am, I am beyond thorough and completely strategic when it comes to working with athletes because it's really imperative that they are on a strict schedule in and coordinated with their other strength training exercises. You are a little bit of a jack of all trades. I mean, I know you've done all kinds of different work. So what other stuff have you been up to since Big Brother? Yeah, I know. I hate that word though, because I really am like, I really specialize in wellness is my thing. Like I am, I specialize in health and wellness. So I really like, it's not, I I feel like because you have to be excellent at one thing or Mm -hmm. like one area and I'm excellent in health and wellness, um, which fitness is a component, nutrition is a component, mind body is a component and spirituality is a component. So there are several different components that go into health and wellness. And that is my specialty. So it's not necessarily, I am a jack of all trades, although I am really excellent at a lot of things. My my main focus and my priority is health and wellness and progressing my clients into a a higher quality of life. Um, if I'm doing sports performance to increase optimal sports performance. And the reason that I have my nursing degree is because I was going to get my master's and do the doctor of physical therapy program or get my doctorate. And, um, I decided to do orthopedic nursing instead of doing the doctor of physical therapy program, because I found that after research that that just broadened my range of, practice of what I can do. I can still get my doctor nurse practitioner, but I still, I can focus in orthopedics if I want, or I can focus on, um, being a family nurse practitioner and, and increase health and wellness and actually be a practitioner for patients. So that's why, but my main focus is health and wellness with Uh, drop method. And right now I'm doing aesthetic nursing as well, which also is a main component of health is your skin, your largest organ. So I focus on what is on topically on our skin, how to improve skin quality and how to improve your just perception of yourself in aesthetic nursing. And it's really a very fun career, very competitive, but very fun. So right now I'm doing aesthetic nursing, which I also am really excellent at. Yeah, that's awesome. I know you do a great job and I guess we should give you a chance to give you a plug here. If anyone wants to get in touch with you or maybe see you for your services, how can they go about doing that and where can they see you? So they can go on dropmethod.com. Right now I have links to Drop Medica, which is medical grade skincare that I collaborated with physicians to formulate the most amazing, beneficial, topical skincare of any medical grade skincare on the market. My skincare is truly transformational. It's the only thing I use. I 
really haven't even gotten any other aesthetic treatments other than normal Botox, really only Botox, haven't even gotten filler because all I use is my medical grade skincare. And that's not a JLo thing. Like I truly believe in my skincare products. And um, I have a line that is multifaceted that meets all skincare needs for clients. So whatever your skincare need is, I have that available. You can also book Cameo skin consults with me on Cameo, which I just added. So you can book a skincare consultation if you need a personalized custom skincare. And I also can be contacted through my manager at just drop it at dropmethod.com. J-U-S-T drop it at dropmethod.com. I think that's in my email on my at Alyssa size Instagram account. So Follow me on Instagram at Elissercise, E-L-I-S-S-E-R-C-I-S-E, like my nurse, Elissercise, on the screen. And yes, I, I am not taking orthopedic clients unless it is for one of the professional athletic teams that I already work with. I'll take more of their clients on. Um, but I typically work in contract with either teams or a group of players. So if you're a professional athlete, your manager can DM or not DM, don't DM me. <laughs> your manager can email my manager and get a contract. And I do orthopedic nursing as well. So I do orthopedics with my sports performance. I'm really truly focused on sports performance or aesthetics right now. So you had the opportunity to run the amazing race with your sister. How was that experience and how do you and Rachel, what are the biggest differences between you guys? I ran the amazing race with Rachel and we had such an amazing time. It was such a wonderful experience. I had so much fun on the amazing race. I love the amazing race has such a great team. They are really fun. I love Phil. Phil is such an amazing, huge talent. What he's an amazing host. He's so wonderful. Just as wonderful as he seems on camera. He's that same person off camera. So he was so fun to work with their whole team. Christina Parks. I love her. She's amazing. One of the, I think she's producer coordinate. So we worked a lot with her. She was amazing. Uh, Jackie, their whole team is great. CBS has really great people to work with. Um, so it was, I loved it. It was so fun. Rachel and I have different personalities. I am a little bit more logical. Rachel's a little bit more emotional. Um, I'm emotional too. I, it just takes, uh, when I'm in competitive mode, I like really focus on competition. I think that that was my thing with the amazing race was like, that's why Rachel's really good. Cause she can focus on the competition, but she also gets the emotional aspect of it. But when I'm in, in competitive mode, I am like, until I win, I'm I'm focused. I am not veering off to the left, to the right, up, down. I need to win. And once I win, let's party. So um, <laughs> I am focused on winning at all times. So I think that that's, I think that's like our main difference. Rachel and I have similar personalities. We're both really fun. Uh, we both are very early girl, but we're also very competitive and very athletic. I think that we probably have more similarities than differences. I think our main difference is the emotional control. I, I am 
really in the zone when I'm focused on something until it's finished, I'm like not going to go off course. So except with this interview where I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) but that's also because I, because I've had so many emails and people are like trying to book me for things this week, which is amazing. Thank you, Jesus, for getting so many opportunities, but I'm like, trying to like think am I I I'm I always have I'm always booked every week like I never have time off which is great unless unless CBS or Bravo want to call then I'm <laughs> off <laughs> uh, then I will make time um so yeah preferably Bravo I'd be a good real housewife <laughs> I think so. You and Rachel are so funny together. Where we were texting each other the other day, I was texting with both you guys, and you guys just going back and forth is so funny. So I would totally watch you guys on another show together, maybe do The Amazing Race again. Yeah, we are fun together. And that's the thing. I am light and airy. I'm a light person. And when I find my people, we are fun. But they have to be the right people. Because I just like to have a good time. I'm girly girl. Like, girls just want to have fun. I mean, girls just want to have fun, demental rights, uh, careers. Be so smart. I want to have a good time. I want to have a good time when I have all these things. So we're teasing it. We'll do an episode at some point sometime this year. We have you and Rachel on here, and it'll it'll be a big hit, and it'll be a lot of fun, like we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Rachel, we need you to sign up. We know you're listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, okay, last thing I wanted to discuss before we say goodbye for now. Um, you know, we, we talked a little bit about it. I know your relationship with Jesus Christ is very important to you. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about how you came to know Christ and how you've grown in your relationship with him through the time in your life of just kind of going deeper and deeper into your relationship with him? Yeah, absolutely. I love Jesus. (laughs) He's very important in my life. Truly. I grew up with very religious parents. My parents are both avid Christians and, um, They raised Rachel and I to be godly women. My mom's also really fun, like us. That's where we get our epic personality. My mom's hilarious. (laughs) I mean, if you want to have a good time, you call up my mom. She is. Yeah, we should have have her on a podcast sometime, too. She's so funny. All the time. (laughs) Like, 24-7. We have a really good time. Um, So, but my mom is very... Religious. I feel like my mom is one of God's favorites. Like she's so favored. She just is a favored woman. Um, and we grew up praying. My dad is just really like only all he taught, like the only thing that matters to him is religion. My dad is very Christ centered, um, which is actually on my, this year, my vision board was, across in the middle to be cross and Christ centered and focus on my relationship with Jesus. So I grew up as a Christian. I went to church every weekend, like every weekend. If we had sports, we did not go to sports. We went to church. My parents were, took us to church every Sunday. So that was the same for me, Alyssa sports. If I had a baseball game on Sunday, I wasn't playing. I was going to church. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I was like that with Riley. I took Riley to church every Sunday. I'm telling you, all this changed when I moved to corrupt Canada. (laughs) Well, Canada's like, they're just not powerhouse Christians. And it really matters who you surround yourself with. And I still have that in my core, but there's just not a big Christian community here. So, um, but I still wake up every morning, do my Bible verse, do my Bible study. I read plans on the Bible app every day. And then I try to do like a little meditation and write down my Bible verse of the day. Um, and I truly just believe in the power of prayer. I pray a lot. Um, and I see my prayers just, I don't know, God works so well and he works in my life 24 seven. I swear last night I prayed about something and I immediately like within less than five minutes felt peace. I was like, it's just really bizarre. It's so, so wild how good and merciful and great our God is. So I feel just so lucky to have grown up like that. And um, I know that you've been praying for us and for Riley in particular, and Riley's really been uh, digging into his faith lately. So I'm so proud of him really trying to become like that Christian leader. So I think it really is true. Well, I know I think it is really true. I know it's true. What the Bible says is raise your children up and they will not leave. Eventually your children will come back to Christ. That's a promise in the Bible. And, um, yeah, it's, I don't know. It's just, is a really, it, I want, I want it to be the primary importance in my life and I am trying to make sure that it is. So I have a lot of room of growth, but we all do. Yeah. We all do. We're all flawed, imperfect beings. Yeah. The savior. And I think what you're saying is that you choose to follow Christ because number one, you believe it's true. And number two, the uh, peace and the joy and the purpose that it provides your life and direction and guidance, especially Mm -hmm. in seasons where you're just like, God, I I don't know where where I'm going. I don't know what I'm doing. And he's, he's provided that for you throughout your life. Absolutely. Everything. It's so wild. It's just like, yeah, I mean, God just constantly guides me and guides my life and fulfills what my heart's desires are. And yeah, I, I absolutely am a flawed person. I'm like, and that's my thing. Why a lot of times I feel like it's risky for people to go and like, try to preach online and say things because I'm like, I am not a pastor. I know that that's not my calling. I'll never be a pastor. I love Jesus. I, I love like telling my testimony and what God does in my life. But I also don't want to feel like, um, like, look at me, this is what you should be doing as like, if you want to be a Christian, because I don't think like my life is a perfect example of like, well, I don't know, maybe I am. I think I am exactly what God wants me to be. But I think that people in all different positions lead lead others to Christ. And it's important to be in the world, but not of the world and to have that balance. And I don't know, I feel like over and over, God just is like, love people. And I do. 
I, I try not to judge what other people are doing. Um, because I think all of our sin is equal and just as if somebody else is sinning, that does not make their sin any worse than mine. And I just could see Jesus like looking down, like, I love them. Like they're, I love them. I made that person and Christians who are claiming to love me are condemning somebody that I love. And that's just like, like being a mom in particularly, I feel like I almost remember becoming a mom and feeling like, Oh my gosh, that's someone else's child. Like that person, like somebody is their mom. And I felt like that was a big change for me. And the way I treat people also is just that you like everybody, somebody loves each of us passionately. I mean, there are some people that are exceptions to that if they haven't had that, which is so sad, but as a mother, it's like every human being has a mother that just loves them. And that's like part of their heart. So how could I be, you know, vindictive or hateful to somebody that like one, another human loves them so much. And then Jesus loves them. So it's like, Jesus loves them. It's not my job to judge them, to condemn somebody. He is, that's his, that's what, that's his role. And we're wrong. (laughs) Like there's no way that somebody on earth could like have it right, you know? So it's just, yeah. Yeah. I think what you're sort of referencing is John 317 for God, not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And yeah. so what Alyssa's saying is she's not going around, you know, shouting at people, trying to, because look, let's, let's face it. Like some people for whatever reason have not every person who's called themselves a Christian has been kind to them or loving towards them or has treated them well. Um, and so what Alyssa's saying is like, regardless of who someone is and what sin they may struggle with, to show them God's love, and that's what God calls us to do. It doesn't. It doesn't. Va- it doesn't mean to continue to encourage them to keep sinning. It just means to hey, show them. Show them God's love. Don't. Don't condemn them. Don't hate them for their struggles because we're all sinners. And like you said, like you know, we all have our. We all have our struggles. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel very called that in my Christian walk. I don't think. I'm never going to be like that, like uh, Joyce Myers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I feel like what God has called me is to love others and show his goodness in the way that I love others. And I think I do. I, I really, I do love people and especially my people. I really love. <laughs> yeah. And I think also what you're talking about is the body of Christ. Like we can't all be pastors. We're not all called to be in the pulpit. It's, you know, take the gifts and the talents and time that God has given you and use that to serve him and serve the kingdom. So for me, it's like, I'm not a pastor. It's, Hey, you know, I do this media stuff or whatever other opportunities God gives me. That's, those are my chances to serve him with you. It's your line of work uh, with, you know, all the, the, the handful of things that you are a master at. 
You're not a jack of all trades. You're a master of <laughs> a handful of trades. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. A master of health. That's right. Yeah. So entering 2024, I want to give you a chance to share a message of encouragement to the listeners. Uh, so I'm going to give you the floor here. If you have a message of hope or encouragement, look, I know... 2023 may have been a tough year for people. Uh, I don't know who's listening to this. I don't know what you're kind of going through right now, but I want to give you a chance to share a message of hope or an encouragement to whoever is listening to this. I want to encourage everyone, one, that Jesus does love them, no matter what their situation is and no matter how, how they feel like they've sin so much that they can't have his love because he does love you. <clears throat> and he knows that, you know, none of us are perfect. I also want to share an encouragement message for 2024 that Wishing all of you happiness and that you are capable and you can accomplish the goals that you have set and don't let anyone tell you otherwise because we are capable. And when you find it within yourself to just continue the push, sometimes like all it takes is that one opportunity to change your life. So, um, just keep on keeping on in 2024, write down your goals, set a plan and go for it. And don't let anyone distract you or stop you from what you want to do. You got this. Let's go 2024. Let's kill yes, it. It's the She's best Alyssa year ever. It, it is Alyssa Riley Slater. You can follow her. Get once again, throw out your social media handles. Okay. So just like it says nurse Alyssa size, it's at Alyssa size on Instagram and TikTok. And then on Twitter, <clears throat> it's at Alyssa Riley Slater. Uh, so my name, Alyssa, E-L-I-S-S-A, Riley Slater, S-L-A-T-E-R. Well, Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm sure we'll do it again sometime soon. Yes, I'm so excited to be able to do this amazing podcast with some of the greats. So thanks for having me. All right, y'all. That concludes our conversation today with Alyssa Riley Slater. Uh, greatly enjoyed having her on. As you can tell, she's become a really good friend of mine. So it was great to have her on the show. And I'm sure we'll have her on again um, in the near future, hopefully with Rachel. I have had Rachel on this show before, so if you guys are interested, you can go back and check that out. We did do a huge episode with Rachel and Janelle Perzina uh, back in, I think it was August August or September of 2022. It was a great episode, so go and check that out. If, uh, if you guys enjoyed today's episode, make sure you subscribe to The Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever it is that you are getting this podcast. Like I said, if you're a reality TV fan, we'll have more interviews like this coming up uh, in the new year. And also we'll be doing every other week, potentially every week. We'll see. But at the very least, every other week, Stephanie LaGrosa Kendrick from Trader season one and survivor Palau and survivor Guatemala and <laughs> snake in the grass and survivor heroes versus villains. Uh, Stephanie and I will recap the episodes of trailers every other week. Uh, so you guys won't want to miss that. If you're a sports fan, check out the episode we did with Anthony Rendon. We'll have some other interviews uh, with prospects. Probably some that have already aired by the time that this episode has been released. Um, 
so until our next episode, I'm Jack Vita, bringing the dance to the lobsters. <laughs>